The following sermon is brought to you by New Covenant Community Church, a Bible-based church located on Route 62 east of Johnstown, Ohio. To learn about New Covenant Community Church, visit www.new-covenant.org. Again, that is new-covenant.org. Now, enjoy the message. Uh, Let's waste no time this morning. Let's go straight to God's Word, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. I was telling Brian a moment ago that uh, normally when I preach, I have between four, anywhere from three to six pages worth of notes. Uh, today I have nine. So God may have chosen that we're all going to be fasting lunch today, but we, we will see. Um, but please pray for me for whatever reason. I am very. I'm very nervous today, and I'm usually not at all. Today, as you know, if you've been a part of our social media and a part of our church family, you know that today begins the unveiling process of uh, our vision, the vision that we feel that God has for our church. So if you're in Matthew chapter 4, let's just, uh, let's just take a moment to go to the Lord. Father, I just pray that you would, uh, as we prayed earlier, that this would be our soft place to land where we could come and enjoy and your presence and breathe in the peace that it is that you have for your children. God, I just pray that you would make me a recipient of that right now as, as I prepare to preach. And uh, Father, we love you. You've been so good to our family here at New Covenant Community Church. And we are grateful for all that you've done and all that you will do. All that you will do in Jesus' name. And all the church says, Amen. Uh, in a undergraduate degree in becoming a personal trainer, it is required that you take many classes pertaining to human anatomy and physiology. And you learn about all of the systems of the human body. One particular being the nervous system. You learn about the central nervous system, which is made up of the brain and spinal cord. And you learn about the brain and that there's this particular part of the brain called the hypothalamus. And uh, the hypothalamus of the human body essentially serves as grand central station. It serves as the, as the control center for almost every function of the body. It has at least some small part of, of everything that it does. Uh, it helps control body temperature and thirst, which speaking of thirst, I'm thirsty right now because I've been nervous this morning and I feel like the devil has been, been uh, he, I don't think he's going to like what I have to say today. So um, thirst and uh, appetite and weight, emotions, sleep cycles, blood pressure and heart rate, digestive functions, balance of body fluids, so on and so forth. The hypothalamus balances all of these things. Now the hypothalamus can be working properly. But if the delivery systems deliver an altered message to the parts of the body that it serves, there will be no what they call homeostasis inside the body. That sense of everything working properly. All the body's responses happening in the proper timing and everything taking place in the body as it should. There will be no peace. Everything will be out of balance and out of whack. And, and a term that I heard Travis use this week, and I was really glad that he used this because I thought I was the only person that used this term, whopper-jawed. Everything will be whopper-jawed in your body if, if the hypothalamus is not working properly. Now, the church today, and some, many people see it as this, the church today is not, even though many people see it as an organization, it is not 
an organization with Jesus as president and the pastor as vice president. That is not what the church is. The church, elbow your neighbor and say, that's us, is an organism. It is a body with Jesus as the head. Now, if you didn't know this morning, I certainly hope that you do. Our head is alive and well today. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on a cross to pay the price for your penalty of sin. He was put in a grave that you should have been in. And then He was raised to life on the third day where He now sits in the heavens in perfect power. Everyone say Amen. And while Daisy cries. <laughs> and even though our head, Jesus, is sending perfect messages, always has and always will, has been sending us perfect messages, namely through the Bible, His Word, and through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, making illuminating it, making it known to us, us seeing the truth, convicting us. Jesus, is, as our head, has always been sending us perfect messages and always will. But sometimes the messages that He sends to His body are are skewed because of faulty delivery systems, selfish biblical interpretation, idolatry, which, which would cause us to, to read the Bible, to, to form a God in our mind that does not exist, to suit our own desires, wants, those kinds of things. Sometimes the message that God sends can be skewed because of those things. And this is why we have quote-unquote churches all over the place today teaching all kinds of crazy things. And, and, and particularly in the areas of, of sexual sin with fornication, homosexuality, not striving after holiness, very loose in convictions, etc., etc., etc. You see churches that have these very skewed messages that, that God sent them the right message, but the delivery system was flawed through idolatry. And this is why it's my strong belief upon the authority of God's Word that for a church to be efficient, obedient, viable, dynamic, Focused, legitimate, authentic. I mean, choose your word. For us to be those things, a church must have a clear vision, a clear understanding of, of here's what God has said to us and we're going to write this down, make it plain so this is what God has said and, and it will never be altered by, by idolatry in our minds of, of trying to create a God in our own that fits our own mind of, of what we desire. Now, a clear church vision sometimes is called a core values Sometimes it's called a mission statement, sometimes a purpose statement. But as best I can tell, these are all describing the same thing. And what it's essentially describing is a clear understanding of why we're here, who we are, where we're going, and what we're called to do. A clear understanding of those things. Proverbs 29 verse 18 puts it this way, and I like the way it sounds in the King James Version. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law... Happy is he. Could you imagine church going to a McDonald's and you pull through the drive-thru and you say, I'd like a cheeseburger, a medium fry, and a medium Coke. And the person on the other end of the intercom, they just say, oh, I'm sorry. I... You want a, a what? And you say, I'd like a cheeseburger with medium fry, medium Coke. And they say, I, I didn't know we were supposed to sell cheeseburgers here. I, I, do you want to buy like a shirt or maybe some shoes or like some car rims or something. I don't know. We've got some other things for sale, but could you imagine going to McDonald's and that being so? The reason that's not there, the reason that you can go to McDonald's and, and buy what they say they sell is because there's been a clearly established vision of we are the place that you go if you want. Very, very cheap. Probably not very good for you. Cheeseburgers. That's, that's what they have made known. That's the vision that may have made known. Could you imagine New Covenant Community Church going to a church expecting to hear the gospel? Expecting to hear Christ preached. 
that He died for your sins, that He was put in a borrowed grave, and that He rose to third. Could you imagine going to church expecting to hear those things and not hearing any of those things? The reality is there are churches everywhere, but you'll hear none of the gospel. There's, and it's because there's been no clearly communicated vision. There's been, there's been nothing that they've gotten clearly from God that they've written down. They said, this is, what we're, this is what we're not moving on. This is what we've decided. This is what we're not going to budge on. This is the line in the sand that we have drawn that we're not going to cross based on who God is, what we're here for, why we exist, those kinds of things. So in light of this, I believe, we believe that it's time for the unveiling of this vision that we have that God has for New Covenant Community Church to begin. Now, my original plan was to do this sometime this fall. Uh, I will have been here about a year this fall, and that was my original plan. And I'm not sure why. I'm not sure if it's because of the society we find ourselves in that is unraveling or the more and more people that are now calling New Covenant Community Church their home. But for whatever reason, it started two weeks ago. And I felt it, and this past week, it was just so incredibly evident that the Holy Spirit was, was prompting my heart to do this now, to do this quickly, which is why we're all here today expecting to hear the vision that we believe God, or at least to start the process of, of this process. Now, I'm going to ask you, church, to memorize this as we go through this. And I don't ask you to memorize much, but I'm going to ask you, not because this is something I'm coming up with, but, but if you find this pleasing to the Lord, if you find that this is a God-glorifying, God-honoring, sanctifying in your own Christian walk thing to memorize, then I'm going to ask you as your pastor that each and every single person that calls New Covenant Community Church their home to memorize the vision as we unfold it over the next, this week and the next three weeks. Habakkuk 2, chapter 2, verse 2, chapter 2, verse 2 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. In other words, that when there's a vision set forth, write it down. Make it plain. Make it easy to remember. Make it such that someone could, could quote it while they're running. While you're, you could read it while you're running. Something that's, that's easy enough to latch onto, that's, that has the substance to it. So these four core values will take, it'll be four weeks in total. We'll reveal one per week for four weeks. So if you're ready for the first one, everyone say the word preach. The vision of New Covenant Community Church at 8408 Johnstown, Utah Road. <laughs> the vision of New Covenant Community Church at P.O. Box 396, Johnstown, Ohio. I'll just go ahead and give it to you. New Covenant Community Church exists to praise Jesus through worship and the word. I want you to say that with me. New Covenant Community Church exists to praise Jesus through worship and the word. And you might say, Pastor Ben, that sounds really anticlimactic. <laughs> we expected something more than that. And, uh, and perhaps you may feel that way. You, but worship and the word, my, my goal this morning is to get you to see and to see clearly that, that both of these things, worship and word, are both biblical they are scriptural they are they're what we're called to do and that they are both under attack in the world we live in today so i know this is backwards as you see it on the order in the screen but it's first in our order of scripture so if you in matthew chapter 4 look to verse 1 as we see something about the word about scripture about god's word to us matthew 4 verse 1 it says then jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. 
But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Word, the Bible, is likened by Jesus in this portion of text, is likened to food. It's likened to nourishment. If New Covenant Community Church is to be a gathering of people, a body of believers, Christ, bride, and body, if we are to be the people, the, 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 the sheep of His flock, the people of His field, if we are to be well-nourished and fed and to be able to have energy and growth, not just numerically, but in our own spiritual lives, if we are to be satisfied, if we are to have health among us, if we are to have homeostasis of the proper balance of the right message coming to us and all these pieces of the church, all these pieces of the body happening properly, if that is to happen, we must have the Word of God. The very first sign of starvation in the human body is kind of interesting. It's apathy. If you're not familiar with what that word means, it simply means a lack of interest, a lack of enthusiasm, a lack of concern. That's the first sign of someone's physical body actually starving. Is apathy. And you show me someone with spiritual apathy, and what is it that you see in that person? A lack of interest in God's Word. A lack of enthusiasm to hear the preaching of God's Word, for God's Word, for, for reaching the lost, a lack of concern for one's neighbor. And I've been around the block in ministry long enough to know that you show me a spiritually starving person, and you can usually trace that back to a spiritually starving church. Show me a church that is, that is full of apathy and a lack of interest in, in the Gospel and a lack of enthusiasm for worship and a lack of, lack of concern for their community. You show me a church like that. And I'll show you a church that is spiritually starving to death from the pulpit. I remember I had a horse once that I had bought, and she was this very tall buckskin mare. If you know the color buckskin, they're usually very beautiful animals. And she was very tall, but her body condition was, was terrible. Very, very underweight, and her, her coat had been, she'd obviously been put out to pasture with other horses that were bullies on her because she had bark, bite marks all over her body and many places of her hide that had been ripped away and, and hair that was missing where she had been bitten. And she just, she looked really, really bad. But, but you know, I did something interesting with that horse. I took her home, I trimmed her feet, I filled up the water tank, and I walk out in the pasture and I take her halter off and I forget about her for five weeks. And then I come back five weeks later and I see the most beautiful animal you've ever seen. Rippling muscle. Her hide had completely healed. She was a wonderful weight. Rippling horse muscle. I mean, just a thousand pounds of the most beautiful animal you've ever seen in your life. Her mane had started growing. I mean, just incredible. The growth and just the, the wholeness that she had and all these things working properly in her body. Why? Because she's eating grass. Because she was well fed. Because she had nourishment going into her body. If, if we, the people of the church, have that kind of spiritual food going into us, there's going to be a thriving. There's going to be a growing. There's going to be this vitality and this, this strength, this aliveness that's about our church. Should we be fed of the Word of God? Now, isn't it interesting, church, the way in which Jesus used the Word when He was tempted by the devil? You can look back in your Bible and the devil says, it says, if he says, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Listen, church, you need to know, if you don't know this, you really need to know that Jesus has the power that he could have turned the devil into a biscuit if he wanted to. Okay? Jesus has the power to be able to do that. Make no mistake. But what rather did Jesus choose to do? Jesus says, he says, it is written. 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Apparently to Jesus, the word was more important than physical food. So, so why did Jesus say this? I think that just perhaps he knew that this that the Scripture was going to be food, but it was going to be some other things too. Jesus knew that later He was going to inspire the Apostle Paul to write 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, which says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Here's some other things that Jesus knew that the Word was. Ephesians six seventeen and it says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So Jesus knew that the Word, that God's Word, that the Bible was, was a sword. We see that again in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and the discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. So Jesus knew that Scripture that God's Word was going to be food, and He knew that it was going to be a sharp, powerful, effective weapon. There's something else that Jesus knew that the Word of God was. Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We could go on with this for today's church, but here's where we'll land for this morning. The Word of God, and Jesus knew this and will always know this, is that, that the land you're going into, you're going to need some food, you're going to need a weapon, and you're going to need a light. And those are the things that the Word of God is to us. If you go on any kind of journey, you're going to need a weapon. You're going to need a light. You're going to need some food. And can I just tell you, the journey that we're going into in the world today, it is a, it is a rutted up, rock-filled, thorns-overgrown, dangerous criminals along the way kind of path. You ready to follow me? Let's go. I mean, that is the journey that we are getting ready to embark on. Can I just tell you, church, when we go ahead, we're, we're going to need some food. We're going to need a weapon. We're going to need the light of God's Word to illuminate this path before us. Jesus said it this way in Matthew ten sixteen. He says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Church, when I see the journey of New Covenant Community Church ahead of us, when I see what we're walking into, not, not faking it, but really see what we're going into, this is, we're going to need some food. We're going to need a weapon. We're going to need some light for this journey. If you believe that we're going to need the Word of God, everyone say yes. And let's repeat all of this together. Ready, set, go. New Covenant Community Church exists to praise Jesus through worship and the Word. I'm going to ask you to memorize this as we go along and add to it week upon week for the next four weeks. Now, not only is the Word, God's Word, biblical for us to build our church on, for us to build our fellowship in, not only is that a biblical thing, but it is something that is under attack today. The 1960s represented the time in which the Word was removed from schools. The 1970s represented the time in which the Word was removed from courthouses. The 1980s represented the time in which biblical inerrancy was questioned. The 1990s represented the time in which biblical interpretation was driven by liberal theology. The 2000s and beyond just represents total mayhem and disregard for the Word of God, and yes, even in some quote-unquote churches. It's recently, very recently been said before that the Bible... It should be illegal to read the Bible in public. 
Did you know that there are north of 50 countries where the Bible is completely illegal? Did you know that we have every marker of all those countries that very likely in the next 10 to 20 years we could be on that list? So what will the legacy of New Covenant Community Church be? 200 years, say 200 years, however many long after all of us are long gone, what will be the legacy of, all, of us as a church family together? Should the Bible be illegalized? Because some person, people, or whoever thinks that it doesn't sit well with them. Whether it's the homosexuals that think that they need, that it's offensive to them, or, or any other group of people, or, or, or people that just, that they want to, they want to totally skew what it is that God has for marriage, or totally skew what it is that God has for the family, that they say that, well, that's offensive, that's, that's old, that's, that, that, that's talking down to people in the world today, that's, that's hate speech. What will the legacy of New Covenant Community Church be? And I certainly hope church, that the legacy that this church has is that when, when anyone should say that this word is illegal, that we're going to say, out of my cold, dead fingers, are you going to take this word of God from me? God has saved me. I'm going to preach this word. I'm going to teach His word. Will that be the story of us, church? New Covenant Community Church exists to praise Jesus through worship and the word. Everyone say word. Now look back to your Bibles to verse 8, Matthew chapter 4. Again, the devil took him on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship. Everyone say worship. You shall worship the Lord your God. And Him only shall you serve. Let me ask you something, church. What was the answer for Jesus when He was tempted by the devil? It was to worship the Lord. What was the answer for Job when he was afflicted with all kinds of pain? It was to worship the Lord. What was the answer for the Israelites when they were wandering in the wilderness? And David when he was being chased by Saul? And you and me when pandemonium is setting in in the culture around us? It is to worship the Lord. Now, not only is worship vital in gloomy times, but it's also vital in times of gladness as well. Psalm 100, which I'm sure most of you are familiar of, it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord. All you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures for all generations. Listen church, a grateful people, a people who knows the refuge that is in the name of the Lord, that is a worshiping people. And I'm convinced that should we not be a worshiping people, should we not praise Jesus through worship, that we very likely are not thankful to the Lord, nor are we aware of the great refuge that is in His name. In the book of Revelation, and if you haven't read that book, you really ought to, especially in today's world, the book of Revelation talks about Jesus having these lampstands around Him. And these lampstands represent churches. And sometimes I wonder, you know, is Jesus in heaven and these lampstands represent these churches that I guess are giving off these... And I don't even really know what that means today, the honest truth, but, 
but I'm guessing it has to do something with this light coming out of these lampstands, and each of these churches have this lampstand. And I, and I think to myself, when Jesus sees the New Covenant Community Church lampstand, what's He think to Himself? It, are, are we a people that worships Him in good time and bad? Are, are we a people that he says, to the, that he says to the angels, He picks up this lampstand and He says, look at, look at the light coming out of New Covenant Community Church. Look at this lampstand. You see these people that are crying, they just had this tragedy. Look at the refuge that they've made My name. Look at them worship Me in this time of gloom. But look at, the, look at this other time and look at this time of gladness when there's smiles on their faces and, and look how they're worshiping Me even in the gladness. They're coming into the house with thanksgiving and this love for one another. Look at them worshiping me. Look at this. I'm going to set this lampstand right here so I can enjoy the light that's coming off of this lampstand. And can I just tell you, New Covenant Community Church, that many churches are not concerned at all. And I'm not talking down to the body of Christ. It is Jesus' bride. And I would not want to offend the Lord and 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 and, and, and degrading his his bride. But but quote unquote churches care nothing of this many times. They're cared about they're caring about programs, about numbers. And about the way we look in the community. Look, I want us to be a lampstand before Jesus. I don't care what people think. I want us to be pleasing to my Savior. There's this great story in the Gospel of Luke, and I know you know the story. It's um, when Jesus is riding into Jerusalem, and all the disciples, you know the story, they're shouting, and this is this is uncommon. Jesus is riding into the city. They're taking off their cloaks and they're setting these palm branches before Him and they're just shouting. They're saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. I mean, just this, they're, just, they're worshiping Jesus in this way. And, and, and the Pharisees, they, they come up to Jesus and, and they say something like they usually say. They say, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Because they were worshiping Him in a way that was really unorthodox. And this, this did not fit in their kind of temple, Old Testament, Mosaic law kind of mold. Not at all did they fit that mold. So they're trying to get Jesus to quiet down His disciples. And Jesus says something. It's almost eerie. You can just feel the power exuding from the words of Jesus with what His reply is. He looks at the Pharisees and He says, I tell you that if these should keep silent the stones would immediately cry out. So what will Jesus see when He looks at the New Covenant Community Church lampstand? Will He see a church that's just light pouring in in good times and bad times and worshiping and praising Him and with the Word and the worship? And Will we be that kind of lampstand? Or will we be a lampstand whose worship could be replaced by stones? Which will we be? That's why it's my sincere prayer. And I say this with love in my heart, but if there is some sinful reason for anyone here this morning or any time here in the future that someone would call New Covenant Community Church their home church, and for some sinful reason they've decided they're not going to worship. And I don't know what that reason is, but if it was a sinful reason that says I'm not going to sing, I'm not going to worship Him in God's house, I'm not going to worship Him, I'm not going to sing praises to Him in my own home, I'm not going to do those things, it's my prayer that God would either change your heart That'd be the preference. Or remove you and remove you quickly from the ministry of New Covenant Community Church. We must be a church that worships Him, that praises Jesus through worship and the Word. Now notice how Jesus used worship in relation to the text that we're looking at this morning. Verse 10. Jesus says, Away with you, Satan! For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only you shall serve. It was almost as if when Jesus says, 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus was bringing the Word out. And then Him saying, only God will you worship. The worship piece of it was the wielding of that sword that removed the devil from His presence. And can I just tell you the testimony? There's a dear friend of mine and Abby's who's, who did prison ministry for a number of years. And, and he tells this incredible story of being able to go down into these places. He had all the, the clarification he needed and the, the, the passage to go in these certain areas of the prison to, to be able to do prison ministry. He'd take his Bible, he'd take his guitar, and he would, he would read Scripture, he'd preach, he would play songs and worship and all those kinds of things. And, and it was very interesting. He said that he could open his Bible and he could read the Word and, and the people would just sit there and listen. They could still listen. But he said the moment that the guitar would come out, he says, I could start strumming and they'd be fine. They would sit there and be listening to the strumming. I could sit there and play my guitar and that was no problem. And, and I could sing any other kind of song and they would sit there and listen. But the moment that I started singing about Jesus, the moment that my heart started to worship, that's when all of these men, some of which would listen, but many of which being influenced by demons and having demons inside of them would start cursing and throwing things and being angry. And they, they couldn't stand this worship. Just as the devil could not stand to be in the presence of Jesus commanding worship of His followers, only the Lord shall you worship and Him only shall you serve. Say, say Amen. New Covenant Community Church exists to praise Jesus through worship and the Word. So, not only is the Word, is Scripture both biblical and under attack, worship is biblical as we have seen, and it is also under attack. Us standing just a few moments ago and singing, using our voices to sing and to worship and to praise God, it is under attack in many places in the world, but really close to home in America today. This has become under attack. And you say, Pastor Ben, what do you mean? Well, if we didn't live in Ohio, and we all lived in California this morning, you know what the mandate is for churches? That they can gather, but they can't sing. Isn't that something? In a state where you can kill your babies, protest in groups of thousands and thugs can riot in the street and burn their own city down they can do all that no problem but don't sing in church because you might spread coronavirus what kind of fools do they think we are that's ridiculous I, and i'm not negating the prevalence of the coronavirus don't get me wrong that's not the argument here the point is that worship is under attack so what will the legacy be church of our family of our church family today should worship be illegalized? Which I think very well could be way closer than any of us think. What will the response be should Mike DeWine or any other governing official decide that they're going to cook them up self, some, self, some orders that's going to cause us to not be allowed to sing in church and to worship and to praise God because we might spread coronavirus? Listen, church, and I'm not trying to turn this into a politically charged argument or debate here, but what I'm saying is this, is the same people that tell you it's fine to kill your babies, the same people that allow thousands to protest in the street and then say all of a sudden become champions of human life and we can't spread coronavirus because we're singing, I don't buy it. Not one moment do I buy it. This is a scheme of the devil to silence the worship of the church. So what will the legacy of New Covenant Community Church be? Should that become illegal next week, which it could? What will the legacy be? As long as I'm allowed and God allows me to be the pastor of this church, I will never stop worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I will not stop. I don't care how legal it becomes. I don't care who makes it. I don't care what governing official. I don't care what politician. I've got news for those people. God has saved me. He has healed me. He has delivered me. He has redeemed me and made me whole and made me new and brought me back to life. He has saved my soul from hell. I will not stop worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. If they're going to silence my worship, they better try and kill me first. And what I believe today, church, and this is hard for me to preach as a pastor who loves his congregation, is I think that the thing that will stop many churches and potentially even many people in our church today from going through with that kind of boldness and, and, and not allowing this to be, well, we got to keep people safe. And, and really, you're going to let your worship be silenced. I think and I believe strongly that there will be some in our congregation today that will not have enough backbone and enough courage to stand up and say, I will not silence my worship. Your worship may be silenced. Mine will not. I will not stop my worship. I will not stop. Everyone stand to your feet. And Brian, if you would come. If someone's going to stop my worship, they're going to have to kill me first. And even after I'm dead, I'll be with Jesus and praising Him then too, so they never really stop me, but... But church, these are real days. This is not a ministry game. This is not me getting emotionally excited about something because this is something I'm excited about. This is real. This is very real. And this is, this is the time where the, the wheat from the shaft are going to be separated. So which group are you going to be in today? This is not fun for me. This is not great to preach because, boy, I know that this can really hurt smears of people. But listen... I'm, I'm telling you today that, that I feel the weakness in me, but I know the strength that I have in Jesus. Amen? I know the strength that I can have for Him, just like it was for those Christians all those years ago when the government was persecuting them and feeding them to lions and burning them at the stake and all these terrible things that were happening. And these people were singing. They were worshiping and praising the Lord all the way until the very end. Why? Because the Spirit of God was in them. And in the church, Brian, if you would begin, please, the church today, church, Church of America, there are some that are strong. They have a backbone of faith. They have courage inside of them. And there are many that are not. So what am I calling you today? What do I believe that the Lord is calling this church to? I believe this church is being called to courage. I believe this church is being called to strength. I believe this church is being called to vitality. I believe this church is being called to a church that, that will not give away this word, that will not give up the worship that we have in our voice, that will not give up what we have in Jesus Christ because of what He's given us. And I'm willing to be that kind of pastor. Should it be my end or should it not? I know what the Lord has done for me. And I know what He's called me to do. And I'm calling you to do it with me. I'm calling for the family of New Covenant Community Church to link arms together spiritually in a way that makes us so strong that the, that the world would see and think, wow, something is inside of them. Something is inside of them different than those heathen wicked people that flew those planes in 9-11 in those buildings. Something is different. There's a truth inside of them. Not just a feeling. Not just an emotion. They're, they're, these people's hearts have been changed. They're willing to do anything for this man named Jesus. So will that be you today? Because I'm willing to say that it is. Let's sing and worship together and I'll be back in a moment.